Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. So my prayer of late um, has been, God, I want you to be central to everything we do. And and I've heard that from so many of you as I've started catching up from people back in church life. Don't want to fall back into the things of old. Want to make sure that whatever we're doing and wherever we're going next, God is central to that. And, And like Moses, he said, if your presence does not go with us, do not take us from this place. Don't start the next chapter. Don't open the next door. Don't ask me to step into the next thing unless your presence goes with me. And I feel like I bring up Moses most of the time when I share because I don't know what it is. Maybe I I feel like am I a little bit like Moses or do I want to be a little bit like Moses in so many ways in my life? You know, he was so aware of his shortcomings. Before God, he said, but Lord, I don't speak well. Is there not somebody else that you can send? And God replies and says, it's not about you, Moses. It's about I am. Wow, in that moment. And then, you know, it's, it's all about Moses' heart coming through. Sometimes with a short fuse, um, yep same with that but it's it's so much of him is God you know I want your presence show me your glory Moses received God's promises saw God's power and had been granted God's presence but he wanted God's person and I think that's what resonates with me so much when I read Exodus and and get into the story of Moses that you know he was just like you and me he was he had his shortcomings he had a temper you know he didn't get it all right all the time but at the heart of it he just wanted more of God in and around about his life so I wanted to start there this morning if you want to turn with me to Exodus 33 and we'll start at verse 18 and he said please show me your glory then he said I will make my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And then the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock. And will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back. But my face you shall not see. I can't read this scripture without thinking of the sheer magnitude of God. His hand covered Moses in the cleft of the rock. God's hand He's so mighty, he's so powerful, but it just gives you just, just a breath of a moment of just thinking about the, the sheer enormity of God in that moment before Moses. And then in Exodus 34, it says, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, 
keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So Moses made haste and bowed his head towards the earth and worshipped. Then he said, If now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we are stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sins, and take us as your inheritance. I love this moment. God showed Moses who he was, and Moses bowed his head towards the earth and worshipped him in response. Moses understood what it was to fear the Lord. He understood who God was and that he should be reverenced. This morning I want to look at Psalm 25 starting at 12 to 15 and it says, Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity, but his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secrets of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his mercy. My eyes are ever towards the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. I love that. The reverential fear of the Lord. It arises from an understanding of his holiness or who he is. The person who truly fears God will carefully heed his instructions and conform his or her life to what God teaches, avoiding life's net or dangers. Should we be afraid of God? Maybe a little. He could turn you into a pillar of salt or split the earth and chew you up in one bite. He's that big and that mighty. But we should fear to stand outside of the grace of God. But standing inside his grace, there's no fear in that place because perfect love casts out all fear. Psalm 25 in that uh, passage says, The one who fears the Lord will have his guidance. He will teach us in the things that we choose. He will lay a foundation with us. He guides us and helps us to find the right way. It's not the way that God chooses, but it's the way that we choose when our life is devoted to God. God will instruct us so that we can find the true path. The one who fears the Lord will have his goodness. It says he himself shall dwell in prosperity. And I love more the King James because it says, he himself, his soul shall dwell at ease, shall lodge in goodness. The idea is one at home, one who finds a comfortable and safe resting place, one who is not a wanderer, wanderer or lost his way um, without anyone to guide him. He who fears the Lord and seeks guidance and direction will be like the man in the comfort of his own home. The one is a condition of safety and ease. The other is a condition of anxiety, doubt, trouble. Nothing could better describe the calmness, the peace, the conscious security of a man who's found truth 
and who serves God. As opposed with the state of the man who has no religion, no fear of God, no hope in heaven. Picture this for a moment. Your mind, your will, your emotion at ease. What a beautiful picture. Is your soul at ease today? The one who fears the Lord will have his generational inheritance. It says his seed shall inherit the earth. Galatians 3 and 29 says, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The one who fears the Lord will have intimacy. It says, The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. This secret is a counsel or a familiar conversation, a sitting together, a fellowship. Those who fear the Lord are admitted to the intimacy of friendship with God, are permitted to come into his presence and partake of his counsel. They're allowed free access to him and to have fellowship with him. I love the the, the familiarity of that. I love the closeness of that. The, the, he sees us, but also allows us to truly see him. The one who fears the Lord will have his covenant. It says he will show them his covenant, the promise of God. God will impart to us the true knowledge of his covenant. Or in other words, will enable us to understand what there is in that covenant or in his gracious provision. And finally, the one who fears the Lord will have his deliverance. It says, he will pluck my feet out of the net. My trust is in him. And my expectation of relief is from him. He and he alone will deliver me. We're not at home in this world. We may be in the world, but we're not of the world. Our eyes like David should be turned to the heavenlies. We're told when the things of this earth become unbearable to look up and rejoice for our redemption draws near. We may be entangled in the flesh of this earth, but we must look up from where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord. Fear of the Lord isn't a requirement of believers. It's just what we do in response to who he is. It's like Gravity, if we jump, will come back down. If you love God, you will reverence him. Psalm 5 says, But as for me, I will come into your house in the magnitude of your mercy. In the fear of you, I will worship towards your holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. I love that scripture. So what is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is clean and enduring forever. Clean is untainted, unmixed, pure. It's pure. It stands firm. It remains forever. It's not just something that we do once. It's a state of our being. The fear of the Lord is not lacking. There isn't any want in those that fear the Lord. He's our source He's our supplier. The fear of the Lord can be learnt. David, he, he says, I will teach you. 
He says, I will teach you how to fear the Lord. David's life was an act of worship, wasn't it? Whether he was writing psalms to God or whether he was killing a giant with a slingshot or whether he was serving Saul, everything about his life was a worship and and a sacrifice before God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It says in Daniel that God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in visions and dreams. Wisdom is a gift from God. It's something that he will give us freely. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. To get knowledge, we must be willing to be taught if we truly humble ourselves before God and ask him to teach us, then he's going to lead us in his ways. The fear of the Lord prolongs our days and it's our fountain of life. It says, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn away one from the snares of death. It's our source. It's our wellspring. The fear of the Lord is a strong confidence and it's an assurance, it's a security, it's a sure and a firm hope, it's a trust. Oswald Chambers said, the remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Such powerful words in that moment, isn't it? So much of our life is spent fearing man, fearing failure, fearing our own inadequacies. But so much of, of, of what is within us actually wants to glorify God, actually wants to take the focus off ourselves. And God is actually saying, once you truly understand me, once you truly understand who I am, once you truly understand the ways of me, once you get your eyes off yourself and you fear me, you reverence me, then all the things of the earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace, in the light of of who he is, the enormity of who he is. You know, Acts 9 talks about the conversion of Saul and, and the journey that he went on on the road to Damascus. And at the end, it actually says, Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. How do we go about doing what it is that God wants us to do? It's in the fear of him and in the power of the Holy Spirit each and every day. Fear of the Lord, those who truly and properly reverence him or who are true worshippers of him. This is our key, church. To not going back to how things were means that we have to give up fear of ourselves. It means we have to give up fear of man, fear of failure, those things that we fear in this world and start really fearing the Lord. Start really putting him first, seeking him, reverencing him, going back to Exodus and and like Moses, going, God, don't take me from this place. Don't take me from this here and now. Don't take me from this season. Unless your presence goes before me, 
unless your presence goes with me like more than before because I don't want what I had, I want more. Show me your glory, Lord. Show me more of you. Let me encounter more of you. Let me be more effective. Let me be more passionate for you. Let me see things that I've never seen. Let me love like I've never loved. Let me do life like I haven't done it before, God. There's so much more waiting for us on the other side of this season. So much more that he's got for us. All we have to do is press into him. All we have to do is learn. Like David said, let me teach you. Let me teach you how to fear the Lord. Let me show you who God is. Because once you know my God, once you know how magnificent, how mighty, how awesome, how forgiving, how loving, how gracious he is, then you will be in awe of him and his presence. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for rescuing our lives. God, we thank you that we stand in your grace each and every day. Lord, we thank you from this this position of grace that we do not have to fear you, but God, we, we worship who you are today. God, we're so humbled by your presence. We're so humbled to be called your sons and daughters. Lord, to be standing in this place here and now, God. Show us your glory, Lord. May we walk more in the things of you. God, give us a greater appetite in this season, God. Lord, may we just have a thirst that cannot be quenched, that just needs more and more and more of you, Father God. More of who you are, more of that that revelation of you in our life to walk in each and every day. Lord, so that we can say that we are a church that had peace and were edified. That we're a church walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, from that place, you will do your work, Father. So Lord, today we praise your name. We glorify you. And we thank you, Father. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.